1: In verse nine, he says, "Um, by the way, you are my master's wife. He he knew where the lines were. Joseph was a single man as as far as we know, but, but she was
0: not. He had a moral compass. So, what will become of your dreams?
1: That's the question that was asked by Joseph's brothers about his dreams. Last week we were introduced to this true character from Scripture in Genesis 37. His name is Joseph. 14 chapters of Genesis are, are written about the life of Joseph. He is called a dreamer. Are you, are you a dreamer? So, what will become of your dreams? It said that you could put two different people in a jail cell. One would see the bars on the window. The other would see the stars beyond the bars. Dreamers see the stars beyond the bars. Dreamers like John Bunyan. John Bunyan, he was a preacher in old England and he was not preaching according to the rules, so he was thrown into a jail for 12 years. And there in the jail cell, it, it was said that John Bunyan illustrated that, that he saw the stars beyond the bars. In fact, one day music was coming from his jail cell, and they went in only to find out that he had taken one of the three-legged stool legs, and he had whittled out a flute, and he was making music from the flute. That's not the only thing John Bunyan did in that jail cell. He, he also wrote Pilgrim's Progress, and probably the greatest history of Christianity outside of the Bible that's ever been written. Dreamers see the stars beyond the bars. Are you a dreamer? Yeah, I think it's important that you wrestle with that because, as we saw from the life of Joseph, there are some truths from God's Word that are important. In fact, they're essential in your life. Like this God has a plan for your life. You may make your plans, but it's God's plans that prevail. Have you tapped into God's plan? You do need to know that God's plan may involve your pain. I know you don't hear that a lot everywhere today. In fact, you're told if you do the right things, if you say the right things, if you give the right amount, if you believe this way, everything will be wonderful. And and yeah, that's contrary to scripture. Scripture often teaches that God's plan involves our pain. But here's what we know. God's plan always reveals our purpose. God's plan will always reveal your purpose. So if you make a decision to to live according to God's plan, regardless of the adversity of life, man, you're gonna discover the purpose for which he was created. That's what I want for you. That's what Joseph experienced. That's what I want for me. So let's take a moment right now and pray and just ask God to accomplish that in each of our lives. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just want to say thank you for the opportunity to gather today and worship you. This is the day that you've made, so we rejoice and we're glad in it. Would you speak to us in these next few minutes, revealing your plan, showing us our purpose, speaking as only you can. We know when you do, you'll give us what we do not have. You'll teach us what we do not know. You'll make us what we've not yet become, and that's what we want, because we want to live for your glory. God, that's what I even want in my role for these next few minutes, that the words I say and my thoughts would be pleasing to you so that I would be living for your glory. And we know that when that happens, this time would not be wasted, but it would result in eternal life change. There may be someone that begins a relationship with you. God, may that be so. There'll be others whose dreams are restored, whose relationships are restored, whose lives are restored because of this time. May that be so. And when it is, Lord, we declare that you will get the glory, even as I ask this in your name and according to your will, Jesus, amen. Let's dive into the story. We're in Genesis chapter 39, beginning in verse 1. Now Joseph had been brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard, an Egyptian, had brought him from the Ishmaelites, who brought him down there. Have you ever noticed how often in scripture our our heroes go down (laughs) to God's plan? That just reminds us sometimes God's plan involves our pain. Sometimes it's a downhill journey into the valley. Maybe you're watching today and that's where you are. You're down, downtrodden, downcast down in the dumps. And, and you need to be reminded that God still is at work in and around you. And in fact, when we're down, I I think that's when we're best situated for God to be up to something in our life. And as the psalmist says, he can lift us up. As the song says, he can turn us around and, and put our feet on, on solid ground. And so think about Joseph. He was down. He was isolated. He was humiliated. He had been bought and sold two different times I'm sure he was frustrated and yet notice what the next verse says the Lord was with Joseph and he became a successful man and the first five verses uh, our first five words of verse two become the defining marks of Joseph's life here they are the Lord was with Joseph That word that is used to translate in English, the Lord, is the word Yahweh. There were only two words to describe the holiest name of God in the Old Testament, Yahweh and Jehovah, and this was Yahweh, the the same word that would be used to describe the encounter that Moses had at the burning bush, the same words that Jesus would use when he would say, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am all of those statements he made. God was with Joseph, the one who was, the one who is, the one who evermore shall be. And when the Lord is with you, everything else becomes background noise. Because when the Lord is with you, your life becomes successful. That's what it says of Joseph. The Lord was with him and, and he was a success. That teaches us an important leadership principle. Your success is not dependent upon your situation. Your success is dependent upon the one who is with you. The Lord was with Joseph. Your situation may be far from desirable, but when God is with you, everything else, what do we say? It's background noise. I love this quote I found from Alistair Begg. Listen to what he says. Here we discover an essential and simple truth. There is no ideal place to serve God except the place in which he has set you down. There's no ideal job for you to hold, no ideal neighborhood for you to live in, no ideal church you can join. There are good jobs, good neighborhoods, good churches, but no perfect ones. People who search for ideal circumstances forget that all that is ideal and perfect is saved for heaven. So what do I do if I can't have the ideal if my circumstances are, are challenging, if I'm facing adversity, what do I do? I hold on to this promise. His presence is his greatest promise and my greatest provision. And that's what I need most is the presence of God. And when God is with me, it impacts not just me, it impacts those around me. Notice the next verse, Genesis 39, verse 3. His master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord caused all that he did to succeed in his hands. Boy, the Christian leadership lessons just jump off this page. And here's another one. The secret of your success is not your personality. It's not your professionalism. It's it's not your productivity. It's his presence. So you may feel like, I I just don't know if I can accomplish these dreams that are in my heart. I don't know if I can fulfill what God has instilled within me. I want to remind you of the words of that old gospel song, little is much when God is in it. So this next verse, Genesis 39, 4, makes it very clear. So Joseph found favor in his sight and he attended him and he made him overseer of his house and he put him in charge of all that he had. You see, Joseph didn't have to tell Potiphar that the Lord was with him. Potiphar saw that. That'll be true in your life too. When you live your life with the hand of God on your life, others will begin to see it. By the way, they they see it when it doesn't appear to be that way either. But when they see God's hand on your life, they will will want in on what God is doing through you. So so notice how it continues in verse five. From the time that he made him overseer in his house and over all that he had, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. The blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in house and field. So he left all that he had in Joseph's charge. And because of him, he had no concern of anything but the food that he ate. Now just think about that for a moment. God was so pleased with Joseph that he even addressed this pagan leader that had bought Joseph. Potiphar was an influential man in Egypt. He wasn't the main guy. We'll meet him later in the story but he was influential. He'd be like the director of our CIA or, or the secret police. He was a key cog in the Egyptian wheel and yet he put Joseph in charge of everything in his house. He says he didn't worry about anything other than what he ate. And that's the context for the main thrust of the story that we're focusing on today in Genesis 39.
0: If you've just joined us, You're listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. Video of the message you're listening to is available when you click the Watch tab at MissionHillChurch.com. Thanks for sharing time with us and for sharing your financial gifts by clicking the Give button at MissionHillChurch.com. And now, with more of today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis. Notice what it says next in
1: verse 6. Now Joseph was a handsome. Now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. Well that would be a good way to be remembered in scripture, isn't it? Wouldn't it? Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. And after a time his master's wife, Potiphar's wife, cast her eyes on Joseph and said, Lie with me. But he refused. And said to his master's wife, behold, because of me, my master has no concern about anything in the house. And and he's put everything that he has in my charge. He's not even greater in this house than I am. Nor has he kept back anything from me except you. Because you are his wife. How how then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? And, And as she spoke to Joseph day after day, he would not listen to her to lie beside her or to be with her. But one day... And he went into the house to do his work, and none of the men in the house were there in the house. She caught him by his garment saying, lie with me. But he left his garment in her hand and fled and got out of the house. And as soon as she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and had fled out of the house, she called to the men of the household and said to them, see, he's brought among us a Hebrew to laugh at us. He came into me to lie with me, and I cried out with a loud voice. And as soon as he heard that I lifted up my voice and cried out, he left his garment beside me and fled and and, and got out of the house. Then she laid up his garment by her, mas- by her until his master came home. And she told him, this is Potter for the same story, saying, The Hebrew servant whom you've brought among us came into me to laugh at me. But as soon as I lifted up my voice and cried, he left his garment beside me and fled out of the house. Last week, we, we saw that Joseph was tested. Next week, we're going to see the follow-up to this story. This week, we're seeing that he was tempted. Do you understand what temptation is? Temptation is an outward solicitation to do evil that, that touches an inner propensity that we have to do wrong. If you've heard much of the teaching and preaching from our church, you know that we believe, Scripture says, that you're not a sinner because you've sinned, you're a sinner because that's who you are. You're, you're born a sinner. You have this natural bent towards sin and that sin is going to be acted on at some point. It's an inner propensity. It's like the old hymn, Come Thou found of Every Blessing. It says, prone to wander, Lord I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. We're all prone to do this sin and so how do we fight temptation? How do we deal with this sin that we're prone to deal with? Well, let me first tell you some things about temptation. Number one, temptation is not sin. You're not sinning until you entertain that temptation and act on it. Just to have the thoughts of temptation, according to scripture, that is not sin. In fact, this is what it says in 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation, he'll also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Temptation is not sin. It's common In fact, as this passage said, there's always a way out of temptation. So when you feel like you're overwhelmed, you feel like, I don't know how I got into this situation, I I don't know if there's a way out according to scripture, according to the Bible, there is a way out of all the temptations that you'll face. Thirdly, your circumstances never excuse your sinfulness, I know what you're thinking. Oh, you don't understand how bad my marriage was. You don't understand how beautiful she was or how handsome he was. You don't understand how much I needed that drink and just wanted to get rid of the pain. You don't understand how desperate our finances were and I I didn't think this little bit of cheating at work would make that much difference. No, this passage reminds us that circumstances never excuse our sinfulness because remember, Joseph was down his circumstances had been the pits and that that, that did not excuse sin but, but we don't have to just look at his life we can go back to that first act of sin in the garden of eden adam and eve could not have had better circumstances they were in the best of circumstances and yet they sin. And then if we fast forward to the temptation of Jesus in the wilderness, 40 days in the wilderness, no food, no water. He had the worst of circumstances. And yet he did not sin. So circumstances never excuse our sinfulness. So then why do we sin? I think the Bible teaches that sin is always a result of our character. Remember, that outer desire is conflicting with this inner, inner bent, this propensity to sin. So what's on the inside eventually comes out. Our character. So what you need to begin to ask is, do I have the character to withstand temptation and find God's way out? In other words, if temptation is going to derail your dreams, the first thing you've got to understand is that you are are your biggest problem. In fact, I would say the title of this message is Your Dream's Greatest Danger. And you know what your dream's greatest danger is? Your dream's greatest danger is you. So I want to spend some time focusing on you and and how you are going to deal with temptation. And, And I think we can learn a lot from this interaction between Joseph and Potiphar's wife. Now, I want to give you a spoiler alert before we go through all of this. In the last chapter, Joseph lost his coat. But in this chapter, he doesn't lose his character. His character sustains him even as he's in the midst of temptation's target. So let me describe the temptation again that we just read about that that he endured. First of all, it was subtle. It was subtle. It began, the Bible says, as Potiphar's wife cast her eyes on him. It was just a glance. And how often is that the case? It begins with a glance. It begins with the eyes being somewhere they should not have been. A forbidden fruit is looked at. I read again this week from the Psalms, Psalms 101, verse two, I will be careful to live a blameless life. When will you come to help me? I will lead a life of integrity in my own home. I will refuse to look at anything vile and vulgar. Why? Because the eyes are a window to the soul. And always throughout scripture, we see how the eyes lead us into that sinfulness. In Genesis three, it says, Eve saw in Genesis thirteen, Lot lifted up his eyes. In Joshua seven, Achan saw. In Second Samuel in verse eleven, or in chapter eleven it says David saw. We, we have to be careful about what we see in allowing the, the slow, subtle advance of sin into our life. I love the song by Casting Crowns, Slow Fade. Listen to the lyrics. It's a slow fade when you give yourself away. It's a slow fade when black and white are turned to gray and thoughts invade and choices are made and a price will be paid when you give yourself away. People never crumble in a day. It's a slow fade. So someone has said most Christians who fall don't experience a blowout. It's a slow fade. That's why Job and Job 31.1 would say I've made a covenant with my eyes and maybe today you just need to make a commitment, a covenant right now to, to deal with those subtle temptations in your life that are leading you astray. It was subtle. But then it became striking, it was striking because after she had been casting glances, eventually she said, lie with me, come to bed with me, have sex with me. She was being very bold and and sometimes it will be flaunted, it will be in your face. Sometimes you're gonna face temptation and it's gonna be right before you and you have to decide how you're gonna respond. And then his temptation was sustained. It says day after day, After day, she continued. Hey, what about today, Joseph? Hey, today would be a good deal for you to act on that proposal. Hey, remember what I said yesterday, Joseph? What about today? Hey, I I would just remind you you have an enemy. He's roaming to and fro. He's after you and your mama. The Bible says he's a thief. He wants to steal, kill, and to destroy you, he wants to take away your dreams. He's patient. Friend of mine says, the devil never waste his arrows. So he'll wait on you. He'll just make it a constant, slow, sustained attack. Someone said, one drop of water will not wear away a rock, but repeated drops certainly will. It was subtle, it was striking, it was sustained, and then it was strategic. There came a day where she said, all right, nobody's here. Potiphar's gone, all the other workers are gone. It's just me and you in the palace, baby. Nobody will know what's it going to hurt. I won't tell anybody. Come on, Joseph. Strategic. What about the temptations that you're facing Are you aware of your weaknesses? The Bible says most of our temptations fall into one of three categories. Listen to 1 John 2, verse 16. For all that is in the world, the desire of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life. It's not from the Father, but it's from the world. And these are the same ways, by the way, that Jesus was tempted in the wilderness. Look at those again. The desires of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, materialism, are what I want. The, de- the desires of the flesh hedonism what makes me feel good the pride of life that's egoism or, or meism what how do i control things what what's in it for me joseph like jesus was fighting temptation and in doing so he gives us a model i want to wrap this all up by giving you that model from joseph's life in genesis 39 number one in fighting temptation, you have to be disciplined. Be disciplined. I, I love Joseph's first response. He, he says, "No, I, I have a master, and, and my master has, has put me in charge of everything. He, he doesn't do anything about, except worry about what he's going to eat. How, how could I let him down? He had respect for the authority over him, and, and he had self-respect. He knew this could lead him down a path that that would not be okay. He was disciplined. He went into the temptation knowing where he stood. Be disciplined. Secondly, be dedicated. Be dedicated. In verse nine, he says, "Um, by the way, you are my master's wife. He, He knew where the lines were. Joseph was a single man as, as far as we know but but she was not he
0: had a moral compass You've been listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis, an outreach of Mission Hill Church. If you're looking for answers to difficult questions or searching for a church home, you're invited to any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. Details and directions at MissionHillChurch.com. The Barnabas Effect is here to provide listeners like you with biblical truth and spiritual encouragement. But it can't be done without your financial support.